Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Dr. Kirk Elliott, we're going to talk about the economic uh, conditions that are going on right now, silver pricing, and so forth. Dr. Elliott, thanks for joining me. You bet. Well, Merry Christmas early. Um, Merry Christmas. Hope you have nice, relaxing plans and mm-hmm. plan to just be peaceful and understand that this is time for family, friends, for faith. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the weekend. It's it hasn't been a slow week here, though. I'll tell you that much. Really good. Never, never a dull moment with the politicians that we have just trying to continually screw things up. So, yeah. you know, if we have we have a lot to talk about. But but this morning, um, talking about screwing things up, the House passed. I don't know. It might be the biggest spending bill ever. One point seven trillion dollars. Mm. It's like, where do they think this money comes from? I mean, how so? The, we know that we're not going to get it from tax revenues, right? Because there isn't much. People aren't spending a lot of money, which means sales tax revenues comes down for, for municipalities and so forth. And, and when people aren't spending money, uh, companies are going to have to lay people off, which you and I have been talking about this for the last six months, right? Massive layoffs. And, and we're not talking about small layoffs. We're talking about Wells Fargo laying off 90% of its of its mortgage force. It's like, what? We're talking about tens of thousands here, tens of thousands of people there. The people aren't spending money, so companies have to lay people off, which means what? Less income tax revenues for the government. Um, when And now people are, are liquidating assets, right? Just to make ends meet. We're seeing tons of, of redemption requests. The stock market's just getting crushed. And uh, so, so here's where capital gains taxes are probably going to be down because the stock market's down so much, right? So, so the government is strapped for for tax revenue, and yet they they pass a 1.7 trillion dollar spending bill, right? So, so the question is, where's that money going to come from? Well, they still have a printing press, right? I mean, that's the ugly reality of of the situation that we're sitting in. So when they go to print more money to fund yet another big bill, which we've had, well, all kinds of big spending bills, right? They always have to raise the debt ceiling trillions of dollars. Well, that's money that's printed out of thin air. Every single year, they have to do that. We've had the Inflation Reduction Act, which was trillion dollars plus, right? You've had infrastructure bills, trillions of dollars here, trillions of dollars there. Well, we're not talking chump change. Every one of every time they decide to vote for a spending bill, it's trillion plus dollars. It's like, oh my word, right? So, so you you look at that, and that just tells us where the economy is headed, right? Because they wouldn't have to pass these bills if money were flush, right? Because they would they would have it, but but the the economies in this downward spiral stagnation people not spending people not working inflation persisting and and moving forward i don't think it's going to be a good year for 2023 i i i really don't now now if you listen to mainstream media if you listen to to biden which 
I don't know why anybody would listen to mainstream media or Biden at this point, because kind of like the old joke about politicians, if their mouth is moving, you know that they're lying. <laughs> so yeah. so they, they say that inflation is being tackled, right, because of their interest rate hikes. Well, it, it's not because it went from 7.7 to 7.1. When those numbers are cooked, because they take people out of the labor force and it's all just uh a weird numbers game that they're they're trying to lie and say that they're doing a good job but but they're they're simply just not you look at the retail numbers for this holiday season down like 0.9% you know sales from from last year and last year wasn't good because we had covid the year before that wasn't good because we've had covid so we're about 3 years in a row of declining retail sales during the holiday season this is this is uh, just empirical evidence of a slow grind down in the economy. Mm -hmm. So you add all that together and you've got the Fed, which is making a, a statement saying, all right, we've, we've kind of tackled inflation. No, they haven't tackled inflation just because they're slowing down the interest rate hikes, meaning they're not slowing down the frequency of them. We're still going to get interest rate hikes month after month after month after month, according to Jerome Powell, not according to me, <laughs> according to the chairman of the Fed. They're just not going to do three quarters of a point. They're going to do half a point. They're going to do quarter point. They're, but when you keep adding on to the interest rates that are already at that highs that we haven't seen since the early 1980s, we're going to surpass the early 1980s in interest rate, Michael. We have to because the economy is way worse. It's it's significantly worse right now. And so, so you've got that going on. You've got relentless, unrelenting spending going on. And and because of that, what what are the markets doing? How do the markets react? Well, stocks, bonds, real estate getting hit really hard this year, moving into next year. That is going to continue in a world where there's no guarantees. I can pretty much make that guarantee because it's a function of math, right? When people don't spend and people aren't working, they're, they're, there's no revenues. And everything that we see in the investment world is always a function of revenues. Stock prices go up because of revenues. Real estate prices go up because of revenues because people are making more money so they can afford more, right? But but this isn't this isn't happening. It's it's this slow grind. And so we're hitting a point of critical mass where now policymakers globally have to come up with a solution. There isn't a good solution. So what are they talking about? Same thing now that we've talked about for over a year. And that's we got to reset this thing. Right. So now we're hearing that coming out of policymakers mouths in the form of central bank digital currency. This is part of their great reset. This is part of what they're trying to do to trick people into, hey, we've, we've got this covered. We're gonna fix the currency crisis that we're seeing. We're gonna bring accountability back into the system. We're gonna bring transparency back into the system. It's like baloney, hogwash. All it is is people control. We've talked about this incessantly for a year, but just two days ago, so uh, an announcement was made by the Central Bank of India. So, so the head of the Central Bank of India said something that that we predicted actually, and I and I hate making predictions because 
I would rather identify trends and say, okay, this is where we're headed because the trends are already in place. But we made this prediction that that narrative was going to change, that they were going to start saying, ooh, cryptocurrency is bad. Decentralized cryptocurrency is bad. Look at what's happening with FTX. Look what happened to BlockFi. Look what happened last year alone, Michael. Over 3,000 cryptocurrencies went belly up, right? So in a world where people love cryptocurrencies, they, they love the privacy that that brings, that blockchain brings to the crypto world, right? There is privacy in that. Now, it's all speculative because who knows what it even is, right? It's like you're you're investing into something that that is a digit, that it doesn't have any tangible backing, like uh, Warren Buffett, one of the best investors of all time. People, I mean, you don't have to like his politics, but he's a billionaire because of his investing, right? And so how does that guy invest? He invests in value stocks, meaning the, the company has to have it, a book value or the value of all of its plant, people, equipment, everything else has to actually be a greater value than the stock share. That's what a value investor would do. Meaning, even if it if it goes belly up, they've got all these assets that actually protect the investor, right? So, so he invests in book value. In the crypto world, you don't have that because there really is nothing behind it. We've seen this with FTX, biggest Ponzi scheme in the history of the world, right? Where, where people had their assets evaporate in 72 hours. So, so what is the central bank and the governments now doing? Saying, look, this is a this is a unregulated crypto is unregulated. Look what happens when you have private companies that do stuff that the government should be doing. This is what we predicted that the narrative would change to say, hey world, you can trust us because we're going to regulate cryptocurrency. We're going to have rules. We're going to have regulations. We're going to have oversight in the form of central bank digital currency, because that's what it is. Central bank digital currency is centralized cryptocurrency. That's all that it is, right? But with it comes people control because they know the source of every transaction. So with that, they had to do that. They had to basically dismantle people's trust in the, in the private sector, in private cryptocurrencies, because that's what everybody wants. They want that privacy. So in a world where, A, people don't trust the government, right? They don't overall, and people don't trust banks. So why would people trust money that's basically, you know, in, be, that has oversight by the government through, through central banks? They wouldn't. People wouldn't trust that. But yet, when what they're used to gets cut off at the knees and people lose money. Now they use that. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. And they say, okay, decentralized cryptocurrency, bad. Our cryptocurrency, good. Right. This is what they're saying. So what did the head just two days ago of the Indian central bank say? He said, look, the, the next big market meltdown crisis in the world is going to come from cryptocurrencies going belly up. People should not invest into, word, words matter, right? Private cryptocurrencies. That's what he said. Okay, private. That's decentralized. So what they're saying is they're starting to systematically get into our heads and say what we have is going to be good because of regulation rules and oversight. Don't do anything else, right? And, and they're using that 
to actually build up their credibility. China's gone even one step further with all the BRICS nations and saying, our central bank digital currency is going to be backed by gold. It's like, okay, almost like, how dare you take something that's amazing? And, and if somebody were to say, hey, Dr. Kirk, do you like currencies that are backed by gold? Yep, I do. Unless it's a cryptocurrency, central bank digital currency, right? Yeah. Because that's the enticement. That's them saying, hey, world, don't go with other central bank digital currencies like what the Fed is going to offer through what is now basically being named the Fed Now token that should be initiated between March and July of 2023, according to recent reports, right? Don't go with central bank digital currency from Europe. Don't go with central bank digital currency from Japan. Go with central bank digital currency from the BRICS nations because we're backing it with gold. So here they're, they're enticing people into their system. So now it's gonna be complete people control. See, they're using something good to bring them into a system where then they can now control them. See, this is when, when Biden passed executive order 14067 in America, to me, that is the biggest one act loss of freedom ever for American citizens because it eliminates completely your financial privacy. It eliminates everything. This is why they don't want to have cash because cash is still a private transaction. If you buy something with cash, there's, there's no tracking of it, right? That's what they're trying to get rid of into something that's completely um, being looked at. So when that announcement was made a couple of days ago, what did silver do that day? It went through the roof, right? So, so we are at uh, close to $24 an ounce, mm -hmm. right? And, and so I, I, have to, I have to say something here because over the last week, um, I've gotten about four or five naysayers saying, Kirk, you and Jacob, you're talking about you're talking about the last 16 weeks or 14 weeks when we were talking about it, how silver is up over 30%. And some of these people say, I've been watching silver for a decade and it's never, it's not doing what you're saying. It's like, okay, you're wrong. And, and I hate to be arrogant about it because I'm not an arrogant guy, but it's like numbers are numbers. I am not wrong on this, okay? So, so to prove it, I went back and... In August of 2022, silver closed the day at $17.97 an ounce. Earlier in the day, it had gotten down to $17.60 and bounced up, but it, it closed the day at $17.97. Today, it's around $24. All right, you do the math. That's over a 30% gain in 16 weeks because we're talking about August of 2022. But you and I both know that a 16 weeks doesn't make a trend. That's just what it's done over the last four months, right? So I decided, let's go back. Let's go back a few years. What has it done in that more intermediate trend, right? Because I don't, I don't really want to go back to the year 2000, but I will. But to, to say, okay, this is the trend for 22 years. Because in there, you have political change, you have economic change. Things go up, things go down, right? But overall... You can use a longitudinal study, long-term study, and, and prove and show that over that time frame, silver's averaged about 11.7% a year for 22 years. That's not too shabby. It's a little bit better than gold, 
It's a couple points better than the stock market's done. So even in a longer term, it's done 11.7% a year. But what's it done on this, um, this more current trend that we're on, which is a function of low supply, high demand, inflationary pressures, political chaos, everything that we've seen over the last few years, right? Silver in March of 2020, two and a half years ago, silver was $11.91 an ounce. Today, it's at 24. That's up 98%, give or take, uh, you know, half a point here, That right? About 98% in a two and a half year span. The current trend is silver is growing at 38% for the last two and a half years. So when people say, Kirk, your, your numbers are wrong, they're, they're not wrong. When you go and look at the at the immediate trend, last four months, the 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 not immediate but intermediate trend of last two and a half years, up 38% a year for that frame. Look at a long-term trend, 22 years up 11.7% a year for that time horizon. And, yeah. and on my website, I have the report. I have the study that I did. People can go to kirkelliotphd.com, look under blogs and look at my comparative analysis to, to show those numbers because they're real numbers. Yeah. And, it, and, it's, and, it, and so, but what I did in that study is I compared gold, silver, stocks, bonds, CDs, and real estate. During the last 22 years, silver has been the best performing asset in the world for over two decades. Not only that, wow. but, but advisors will, will tell clients, because I, I talk to clients every single day who are talking to their advisors and say, oh, don't go into gold or silver. It's very volatile, right? You don't want to have that much risk. It's not risky. The number of years where silver outpaced inflation and actually grew is greater than that of gold, it's greater than that of the stock market as well. So you can't even use it's volatile in the mix either because the number of years where it's up versus the number of years where it's down is better than any other asset in the world. This is why I am I sound like a one hit wonder and keep talking about how silver, 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 right? Because to me, it's the safest asset in the world. It's the only one that's outpacing inflation on a, on a on a percentage wise basis year to year to year to year right this is a, this is amazing and so until something changes i'm not going to change my tune either because i want people to protect and preserve their assets if it were stocks that were doing it i would i would be shouting stocks from the rooftops because i don't care what asset we're in michael as long as it minimizes risk maximizes return and for strong fundamental reasons, that's what's growing. We've got strong fundamental reasons. In fact, the reasons that cause gold and silver growth are unsustainable debt, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, inflationary pressures, right? Same exact reasons that cause stocks, bonds, real estate, mutual funds to come down are the same forces that cause gold and silver to go up. But silver's got one extra benefit. That is, it's a manufacturing metal. It's an industrial metal. It's used in all forms of electronics. So add to that the growth. We've got supply chain disruptions, low supply, high demand, and this in the most sluggish, horrible global economy that we've seen in decades. It's still 60% of 
of the global production of silver coming out of mines is used for manufacturing. Imagine what it would be if we had a strong growth economy, how much silver would be used for, for manufacturing and industrial purposes. And see, no matter how I try to poke holes in it, I like to look at logic. I like to look at math. I like to minimize risk, maximize return, and strip emotion out of the decision as much as I possibly can. Because most investors are, are dictated by their emotions when it comes to investing, because it's the most sacred thing that they have other than their family, right? So, so emotion does come into play. But what I try to tell people is don't rule your investment decisions based on emotion, because usually those emotions are going to be wrong. It's either going to be fear or greed that cause you to act. Yep. How about wisdom, discernment, sound mind? the creativity that we have in each and every one of us, that intuition to start making decisions. And that's why you and I have been talking about silver as the safest asset in the world and something that everybody should reallocate their positions in because I don't see any of these macro trends changing. Interest rates aren't going to start going down and being negative. No, political peace, we're not going to have global peace for quite some time, right? We're not going to have debt that goes away overnight for quite some time. So in the meantime, in this transitionary economy that we're living in, this is the best Christmas holiday gift that anybody could have, which is we can help shore up your finances, eliminate or minimize that fear and that financial anxiety that you might have by going into a very strong trend that's bigger than you and me, right? So I just wanted to take a few minutes and address some of the people who are saying, Kirk, you can't keep talking about it. It's like, you don't know. You're not looking at the numbers right then because the numbers are real and they are there. Yeah. So we look at the historical chart. You see all the way on the uh, the left side of the screen where my little cursor is. See, this may it maintain a trend for quite some time. Uh, if you go back in history, all the way back to the Greeks, the Romans, the Persians, on and on and on, silver was the standard often. And occasionally they would bring in uh, a, a dual standard, which is silver and gold. M mainly silver was the main one because it was, uh, you know, more available than gold was. So uh, our country was founded on the silver standard and it stayed the silver standard until the Civil War. And after the Civil War, uh, Ulysses S. Grant took us off the silver standard uh, and, and put us on a gold standard. And then eventually Roosevelt started to pull us off and then Nixon finally kicked us off completely. So you see these these massive peaks. This was uh, during the 70s. Uh, this was 80 when the uh, Hunt brothers came in and cornered. I don't, a lot of people say they corner the market. Basically, they freed silver to trade uh, away from the U.S. government. They almost became their own silver bank. Uh, and the government came in and basically spanked them pretty hard. So then it you know collapsed. Uh, then you have another uh, big move in 2008 to 2011, as you see here, it super spiked uh, at the most ever. And now we look at, you know, like what you were just talking about, how silver, see this little green, the candlesticks, uh, you're talking about where it, it went down to like, you know, 17. Now the candlesticks are just up, 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 up. So a day or so ago, two, three days ago, it went up a dollar in one day. And we're going to start to see it go dollar, dollar, dot, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, fifty dollars a day, uh, and that's what a lot of people are projecting. That's what I project. Uh, and you see this little 
line over here. Once this line right here is broken, it's to the moon. So all these old, uh, you know, ups and downs, uh, they're nothing compared to what's coming. So we see, well, we see during uh, 2020 where it spiked down and then it went boop, 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 boop. And now it's like evened off and it's like pulled back a little bit. And now it's getting ready to go into a super high. Well, what's real interesting about that and keep that chart up there, because when we were talking back in, in August about that $18 threshold, right? A very strong technical support line. That technical support line is right on there, right? It's that bottom white line that goes to the bottom and, and it kind of overshoots it a little bit of time, but it bounces up, right? And if you go way back, that you look at, at the at the bottom trending of those, they basically come close to that line, right? Every single time and they bounce up. Well, what's the what's the trajectory of that line? It keeps going up, which means in time, next year, the year after, that trend line is going to keep getting higher, which keeps putting more support resistance at a bottom level, making it a very safe investment moving forward. Because, and and in an inflationary world, it adds even more to that, right? And so, so add to that the safety and stability of a, a support line. But why is that support line there? It has a lot to do with the cost of getting silver out of the earth, right? Because there's there's diesel costs, there's labor costs, there's there's all these things that that it there silver has a bottom line price where if it dips too far below that, the miners won't even pull it out of the earth anymore because they're losing money every ounce that they pull out because there is a cost of getting it out of the earth. So basically, that's where that trend line is. And if it goes too much below that, what's what's a business person going to do? What's a miner going to do, which they're just business people that own these? They're in it for a profit, right? Well, they're going to say, we're shutting down. We're not going to keep mining if we lose money every single ounce that we pull out of the earth. So what happens if they shut down? It's not that the price of silver goes to zero. The price of silver goes through the roof because now there's even less supply. If the miners have to shut down and the demand is still sky high, the price goes up and then what happens? The miners open up the mines again because they're not in it to lose money. So that's a part of what that support line is all about is the actual cost of getting silver out of the earth, right? It gets too far below that, miners shut down, prices go through the ceiling. So we've got supply disruptions like what we talked about last week, the available COMEX deliverable inventory at the COMEX depositories is at a 22 year low. Yeah. There's not much left, right? So, so yeah, I was actually looking online and I, I talked about this uh, yesterday where you can, you can go on and you're looking for thousand ounce bars. Uh, you can't, you can't find them. It's sold out. Uh, you, and then you start to go up from there. Uh, if you go to a one ounce coin, it's basically more than double the price of what the spot price is right now for, for a one ounce coin. So, uh, you still have 1000 ounce uh, bars, right? We can. Yes. Yeah, so we can still get everything from the depository, right? We work directly with the depository. We don't yes. carry an inventory, right? So, so we can still get one tens, hundreds and thousands, but here's the interesting thing about thousands. That's the manufacturing level, right? They, when, when Sony, LG, Samsung, Tesla, whoever is making electronic components buy silver they're not buying one ounce rounds or 10 ounce bars to melt down to make electric circuitry they're buying the thousand ounce bars 
So those are the things that are in shortest supply right now. And so over time, the the our, our viewers need to understand thousand ounce bars are very rarely a thousand ounces. Only if you're lucky, are they exactly 1000.000 ounces, right? They're going to have a range from 920 to about 1080. Now, when you pay for a thousand ounce bar, you're only paying for the actual number of ounces that are in that bar, right? Times the times the price per ounce. So what is it now? Right now, I think the largest bar that we've been able to get recently is about 980 ounces. The smallest is about 940. So the, the, the real light ones are gone and the heavies are gone. You've got the, the stuff that's right in the middle of the bell curve, which tells us there's not an awful lot of supply. When that's the only available range, mm-hmm. it means stuff is going away, right? So, so as an investor, that's what we want, right? We want low supply and high demand because that means prices are going up. And what don't you want as an investor? You want something where there's a lot of supply and very little demand, like stocks right now. People don't trust the stock market. It's like, okay, there's all these stocks out there, not an awful lot of demand. So that's why prices are coming down. See, whenever you see a price, it's a function of economics. It's a function of supply and demand. Low supply, high demand means higher price. High supply, low demand means a lower price, right? So so what we're doing is logically looking at the markets, identifying the trends, and just allocating into something that has low supply and high demand. Here's the thing though with the chart. Uh, I don't really care about the charts too much because it's always fundamentals that cause market growth. Right. It's it's the high taxes, it's it's all of that stuff. So so but a technical trader would look at this chart and say, "Ooh, we we bounced off that trend line. We're now in a in a nice look at those green candlesticks. It's going up 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 up." Like you look back at the green candlesticks, it goes big yeah so so and Um, and okay so take a little microscopic view of this chart you go back to the bump before the big run-up in 2009 and 11 and what does it look like it looks like exactly what we're looking at right now see that place where your cursor is that that bump it looks very similar to the bump now that we're seeing right now which i expect so on that chart, what is that date? It's by basically 08. If you look at October 2000, 08. Yeah, 2007 through 2009 looks very similar to uh, 2020 through now 2022, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. now we're going to start to see that bump up. And, and it's a function of supply and demand, Mike. It's a function of human psychology as well. When everything else around us is falling apart, People are going to look for quality. They're going to look for something that's real. They're going to look for something that always has value because things always have value. Cars always have value. Groceries always have value. Oil and gas always have value. Gold and silver have value. Real estate has value. It Those things don't go to zero where companies can go to zero overnight because they're just a company and they could file for bankruptcy and they go away. So, so in a world where we're trying to minimize our risk and maximize our return. We're trying to find something, anything that'll put a smile on our face nowadays. This should, it really should. When you add the fundamental factors to the technical factors that you see in a chart, I don't see very much downside risk at all 
for investing in silver. And so I would urge everybody, it's like, okay, you're sick and tired of your stock market losses. You don't know what's happening politically. You don't know what's happening in Russia, Ukraine. Oh, Biden might come to the rescue. He just met with Zelensky. It's like, okay, okay, seriously, there's a war going on there. And Zelensky's coming over to talk to Biden about what? To give gifts? It's like, come on, run your country, right? So so it, things are, are going haywire. And our politicians are equally as haywire as the European politicians because we just passed a $1.7 trillion spending bill when we don't have any money. It's like insanity. Yeah. It, and it's it's this bizarro world where, to me, we can't really fix stupid. But what we can do is see what moves well when people are acting stupid and allocate into it. And that's what we're seeing with silver and gold, Michael. It's, it's an amazing time to be an investor when you can identify the trend and be in the right place at the right time. Outstanding. Yeah, it's very, very exciting. Uh, You know, we had uh, President Trump, we had no wars. And uh, so they had to get rid of them so they could have their their wars. So Zelensky's here to basically uh, get the industrial military complex to get behind him and and basically make money for those guys. It doesn't do anything for us. Basically, it's going to make silver go to the moon. (laughs) So... uh, and so if you want to find uh, someone that's going to help you navigate this, which I have found, and I'm very happy with Dr. Kirk Elliott and his team, is a very special deal where you can come in and book an appointment for free. That's right, free. Free is always good, but not only free, but it's also going to help you to uh, make wise decisions going forward. So we... We basically were both of us were jumping up and down. This is a buying opportunity. You can't miss this when it was around 17, 18. Uh, I came in heavy, bought, 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 and it now it's it's up to 24. And uh it's probably gonna go a lot higher. If it pulls back, I I double down some more, but I keep buying all the way up. I'm not stopping. Uh, because at some point this goes to because we're just like we're talking about, uh hundred dollars is easy. That's going to be easy to, to see that going forward. But we're talking a lot higher because if we go back on some kind of uh, metal standard, which has to come at some point, uh, it's going to like, you know, it's going to require a lot more. And it's not like the old days where there was just silver bars and coins. Now silver has to go into electronics and like we we're just talking about, you know, solar power, you name it. So it's 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 double hatted down. It's being pulled in uh, two different directions uh, for value and also for actual uh, products. So never before in history has it been used like that. So it's uh, it's been used for jewelry, yes, but not on the elect, uh, you know industrial level that's being used right now. So the if you want to get uh, you know free consultation, uh, you have the number seven two zero six zero five three nine zero zero. Want to hit them up on the website? It's Kirk Elliott PhD. That's two L's and two T's. Elliott uh, dot com. Say Mike Jaco sent you, and uh, they'll they'll hook you guys up. Uh, a lot of people have been jumping on this. This is absolutely the one of the greatest times I think in history because no doubt we're looking at something a massive fall off in the stock market next year. Revolutions, wars. It's not going to be televised. You're not going to know it. It's going to ham. It's going to hammer it so fast. And like we're talking about, there's no availability right now, hardly, uh, for silver. And that's probably on the in the new year. It's going to start to. 
it's going to decrease even more. So that's that's really going to skyrocket the price. Yeah, this is where we use wisdom and discernment, right? And be careful of who you listen to. Yes. You're, you're going to listen to mainstream media narrative. You're going to be seeing commercials on TV to buy gold and silver, right? Not all gold and silver is created equal. Not all dealers are created equal, right? So, so what I would encourage everybody and, you know, let the buyer beware, right? It's like, do not look at historical coins, rare coins, old stuff that sell for high premiums. Cause I've been doing this for 27 years, Michael, and, yep. and never recover from those high premiums. I've, I've never seen it, right? Not either, Not either. General rule of thumb, when something's going up, you get in as soon as you can. When something's going down, you get out as soon as you can. Now, one of the keys to wealth when you're looking at precious metals is get as many ounces as you possibly can for your invested dollar. That's why we deal with bullion. So when silver goes up and gold goes up on spot price, it's like a dollar, it's a one-to-one -one relationship, right? So if silver goes up a buck, your bullion's gonna go up a buck. Sometimes, I mean, I've seen silver go up $10 an ounce, right? In, in like 2010, 2011. Well, what did some of those old rare, like US Morgan coins do? Hardly anything. Yep. They, they may have gone up, you know, five, six, eight, ten 10 bucks, but you, you're paying back then you were paying, well, double to triple the spot price. Right. So it may have gone up 10 bucks, but you paid triple the amount for it. So that means you got about one third of the performance that you really should have. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm just picking on one particular product, right? You, but you can, the higher you go in price, the less that this price of the actual underlying metal even matters. Because if you're paying something that's 500, 600, 700% greater than spot price, it's like, okay, spot goes up a buck. That's probably not even going to move. Where if you paid low cost, dollar for dollar bullion, and it went up a buck, your investment just went up a buck, right? So I don't don't get um, hoodwinked by a story, a shipwreck coin or something fancy, right? Don't get hoodwinked by any other kind of oh, it's rare and it's scarce, and and when demand for silver goes up, these haven't been minted in 150 years, and they're going to go through the roof. I haven't seen that in like since the year 2000 really it's like okay this isn't good this isn't good but but why did it happen before then just because people looking for leverage in the silver market somebody looking for privacy they would go into old rare coins but now in the last decade that's all been replaced with cryptocurrency if somebody's looking for leverage and privacy they got into crypto world not into the metals world so i don't think those days are ever going to come back again one economist's opinion, but I've been doing this for a long time. Buy bullion, low cost, maximize your ounces, minimize your cost. That's how you can part half of the reason why your investment will go up. The other half of the reason is being in the right place at the right time. That's what we can help you with. We can help you get the low cost bullion and boom, you get put both of those together. You're in the right place at the right time with low cost stuff and really skies the limit to your investment. And that should put a smile on your face. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Now spot price, like you're talking about, you're, you're it's going to be hard to get the spot price uh, for bullion. Uh, you know, unless you go higher and higher and higher, you're going to get a little bit better, uh, um, you know, difference in between spot price and actual uh, bullion coins. 
so you you clued me up on this. I was I was always buying the silver coins. Uh, I was always told that was the way to go. Now, like you, like you were just mentioning, I thought, and everyone used to say, you want the uh, the older coins because they're going to give you the best value. I I didn't find that. Uh, if you can find somebody that will will give you that price, good luck. Uh, I was very it was very hard. I couldn't find anybody. All right when the, when it was time to sell, uh, I had to like you know okay this is what it this is what it costs for a silver ounce right now. That's what we're going to give you for your, you know, your proof coins and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I look at the mint sets right now. They're $105. You get two and a half ounces of silver. Uh, that's like many, many, many times over spot price. So, uh, you know, there's lots of lots of I always bought those. So I was like, this is the best deal. No, you're going to get whatever it is uh, for the ounce of silver at that point. So, yes, definitely uh, a good time to be buying bullion 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 uh you want to get as much as you can so thanks a lot for everything you do dr kirk elliott uh, always appreciate your insights and uh look forward to the next show awesome see you later all right thanks a lot thank you so much for listening to unleashing intuition secrets the podcast until next time stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality